And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 184, a.k.a. season 3, episode 4. Uh, no longer anarchy on the road. I have landed. Uh, this, this, this can now be described as the 6,000-mile podcast. Uh, as always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with... MC. And since we give out numbers, here they go. Uh, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Oh, not much. Um, I spent too much time on uh, Facebook, like always. And um, yeah, maybe I need to take a break. M more Facebook, more internet arguments with people who you'll never change their mind. But it's still yeah, a fun yeah. way to get that out of your system. And and there it, there has been scientific... Uh, evidence that shows if if you actually make an audio uh, or or even more so make a video so you have audio and visual that people will be more likely to believe you um, unless you're Jordan Peterson no okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's some people that just will not listen to reason or logic and that's just the truth um, I guess fortunately for me that those people are the loudest and it gives me something to do <laughs> like argue with them um see and i i don't mind the the facebook arguments either. and the same reason why i you know i do the podcast is is mostly as uh an outlet to vent on those types of things because it's amazing how dumb people are especially when they get behind a computer and kind of what you said reminds me of discussions that we had um you know, with, with, with the group that I met you in, the, the Hawaii Agorist Social Club, um, when we were talking about, like, how do, you, how do you convince people from the left or from the right uh, to get a more freedom anarchist mindset, right? And, they, and the problem is they don't listen to logic and reason. They, they, they have an emotional appeal um, to, the, you know, to their problems and, and what's going on in the world. And, you know, my thought back then was, all right, let's just appeal to their emotions then. Right. Let's find a way to like, you know, to present this message where it doesn't matter what the logic and reason is. If we can get them emotionally attached to it, boom, we, we swing them in our direction. Um, and I was shot down, rightfully so, by someone saying, like, well, if, if they're that if they're that finicky on on emotion, then they'll just as easily swing back the other way towards statism um, when when, you know, when their emotions get wrangled in that direction. Like I, I want at one time I wanted to have like an army of emotionally useful sheep. Right. Like all, all those people who like don't care one way or the other, you know, they just have to be like guided one way. I was like, well, let's just guide them toward anarchism. then, Right. Let's just guide yeah. them toward liberty and freedom. Um, and hopefully. I mean, know, that's that's basically what the state does. So um, it's a bunch of emotionally challenged um, individuals and, uh, and, they, and they and they do that to each other. So, and, uh, yeah. So and they, just and bring they, them in this way. And they they. Well, I mean, if, if you want to get into government, then you could do that, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. We'd have to like run politicians and, and, uh, you know, make up, uh, sexual abuse, uh, allegations and, and, and stuff to, you know, get their attention or whatever. It's like, yeah. Well, that was the other thing that like, it was, it was very hard this week to get any show prep whatsoever i'm like i was really surprised when i when i was preparing um to start this show like how many articles i actually found because it was dominated um 
are the the Kavanaugh hearings, and I, I almost led with that because you know, I kind of figured I I, I kind of assumed what your response was going to be. It's like so so what do you think, MC, about uh, you know the, the the Kavanaugh hearings and what's going on? Um, and I just assumed you didn't care. So, so. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so stupid that anybody cares because you know this should have came out years ago. Um, if not a lot sooner than it than it has. I mean, it's and it's it's just an accusation. It's not it's not like proof or anything. That's the other it's thing. Not, oh, go and ahead. there's and there's no and there's no real crime that was actually uh, punishable. Really, I mean, there's no uh, you know, there's no scars on her or you know like he didn't Physical actually. Scars. Yeah, yeah. So nothing. Um, nothing that you can prove. It's just like he said, she said, and it's like, okay, well, whatever. I mean, that should be yeah. both sides right now. Both sides should just say whatever. Uh, but it's an emotional game, so um, you you pick whichever one you're emotionally attached to, and you just and you just go with it, <laughs> like because there's nothing else to do, you know, because they don't have reason and logic. So. Yeah. <laughs> that and that's the other difficulty from from my perspective and from you know the the liberty anarchist perspective was on the one hand right like there's there's no evidence to support the claim so i go well like you know dismissed right you know uh what, what's that old quote like any uh any any assertion without uh without backing can be dismissed according to something like i don't remember the exact quote but you know what i'm talking about yeah. Right, they go like they they bring this charge without evidence, um, or any any sort of like any sort of reasonable expectation that anything could be done, and so they go like, well, you have to dismiss it, right? If this is if this is justice, it has to be dismissed. But at the same time, like Kavanaugh's a douche, right? Yeah. I don't I don't like that guy. He has no right to to you know judge anything, uh, you know, in my life, or in anybody's life for that matter. So I want I I I you want to shift the argument to that um and his his anti-freedom and anti-liberty positions on certain issues mm -hmm. um, but everyone's hung up on a on a baseless claim um, right. so unfortunately find yourself defending him uh albeit just a little bit right because there's there's no other oh, yeah. way so the conspiracy theorists in me thought that that the right came up with this idea to to begin with uh just to distract everybody from you know the fact that he helped get the patriot act passed or you know stuff like that so you know to to avoid that so that all the focus yeah. is on this yeah yeah and so then and then you know when so they're gonna you know prove him innocent you know at least you know beyond a reasonable doubt um and so both sides will supposedly so supposedly be you know okay with the outcome um, you know, the, the left tried, but, you know, but he still gets in there and now everybody kind of just agrees that it's okay for him to be there. And, and it's they really not. Man, <laughs> That's the best way to do it is to control the debate. Right. So, yeah. Um, the, and the unfortunate thing is like, that is what Trump did for the entire run up oh, sure. you know, to the election. <laughs> like yeah. It was, you know, if, if he, if, again, if he wasn't a douche and a politician, it was, it was masterful. Um, it was it, it was masterful the way it, it was controlled. I mean, you just mm -hmm. you go like, wow, you you can told you can see it. You you know from our perspective, right? You can see it happening right in front. And even though you go like you you know exactly what he's doing, right? They go no down with him, you know. And it's like all right, all right, okay. So he's he's got you like wrapped around his little finger, and now you know 
I'm not going to call your conspiracy theory baseless because all of a sudden it's it's you know sounds sounds reasonable. Sounds exactly like yeah. you know. A, a, and, what, a and whether they tried to or not, it's actually helping him out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nobody's talking about anything real because nothing is none of it's real. It's like it's just words coming out of their mouths. <laughs> I'm amazed, especially on Facebook, at how much. Maybe not amazed. Amazed might be a strong word. I'm surprised by how much support. Um, oh, what's your name, doctor, doctor, whatever is getting, especially from, you know, like from females, right? Because it's I, and I, it's it sucks that all of a sudden it's also like a sex issue, like a male versus female sex issue, um, no. because they go like, well, I don't... obviously, obviously it happened. She made the accusation. Well, I don't know how much of that is just the media, though. It's well, it's I... like it's like the whole Trump thing. It's like. Oh, Trump doesn't have any support because the media doesn't show any of it. And then, you know, it's like, but, you know, in reality, just even in Honolulu, talking to people, nobody was proud to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to vote for Hillary. Nobody would say that. Okay. But there's lots of people I met. They're like, oh, yeah, Trump, you couldn't vote for Trump. You know, <laughs> so I had this feeling like that the media wasn't being honest in their portrayal. So, okay. Well, I'm so not necessarily talking about media media outlets that I follow on Facebook. I'm talking about oh. female friends, you know, like posting their opinions and oh, some, okay. you know, sharing their personal exp- experiences. Right? Yeah. Like I've I've had um, not a lot, but a, a few different ones going. Yes, I was I was sexually assaulted. I was you know molested or violated. You know, back in whenever years ago, and there's no way I can prove it. But me too now, right? Like you know, coming, <laughs> coming out of the proverbial well. closet now that it's okay knowing that nothing can be done but just you know yeah and I, and I don't want to take that away from anybody that says you know otherwise you know just i do i mean I totally do uh, i'm taking it away i mean but i mean i don't care for the whole bringing it up in in relation to somebody else's claim though like your claim is your claim and i'm not going to take that away from anybody but to to say it has any relevance and, you know, 35 years later, um, you know, and you can't prove it and anything else. It's like, I, I don't know. I've, I, you know, I can't really say if it was me, this is what I would do. Yeah. But I don't know. I could do that thought experiment. You know, there was, I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this before. There was a young man at Taco Bell that, uh, you know, he was very inappropriate uh, with me. And, <laughs> and you know, it's like, Okay, so that was sexual harassment, and like, if he ever ran for president, would I go? Oh, he shouldn't be a president because he he sexually harassed me, at, you know, at work. Like, um, would I would I do that? I mean, I mean, I might even say it like, "Hey, this is what happened," um, but like, I would I don't think I would go out of my way to like stop stop him from becoming president. I mean, okay. Do you the, think it reflects you know, that on was, the character of the individual then? Because I think that's the bigger. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. He, you know, he was seventeen years old. Like, he's a stupid kid, right? <laughs> well, that's the patriarchy speaking, right? Like that—that's the claim, right? As as a male, and I'm I'm with you, so I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate. As a male, you go, he's a seventeen-year-old kid doing what seventeen-year-old kids do, at a time. No, I'm not. Well, I'm not saying it's acceptable. But I don't think it's I think it's also not acceptable not to forgive somebody after 35 years. Okay. Um, you know, 
Well, because they bring it up for comparison, then where do you fall on the Bill Cosby thing? Because that was, you know, 35 years ago, too. Well, actually, the the latest one, I think, was 90s or 2000s. Okay. 2005 was the one he went to prison for, I think. Okay. But they came out of the closet saying that he's been doing it since, like, you know, the 70s and 80s. Oh, sure. Sure. So those get dismissed and only the the most recent one because there was evidence for it? Well, I... I think there probably was more evidence in in, in their cases, um, the, you know, the ones that at least could remember where where it happened and, and uh, things like that. But um, and it's also different because one of one of them is rape, and, and you know, when you say sexual harassment, it's like uh, you know, one of them's easier to get over. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think I'm getting a little bit sidetracked from my original point i don't even remember what my point was going to be <laughs> that we don't care about kavanaugh's past that has no <laughs> that has no evidence to support any allegations whatsoever and we also don't think he's uh acceptable or responsible or capable of being a supreme court justice based on his anti-liberty and anti-freedom uh positions on on a number of different issues is that the main point yeah all right yeah i mean i was trying to relate, relate it to, to my own um, experience and how would I feel if, if this person ran for, you know, I mean, be, became a, a justice or something like that. And, and I, I would say probably, probably it has not, not much to do with, uh, uh, his character. Um, I mean, if, if he, if he did end up getting, you know, I mean, having like a really impressive career and stuff, you, you obviously you grew up, you know, you changed okay. a little bit. <laughs> Your hormones went down. And you're not. You're no longer this uh, sexual assaulter and sex uh, crazed teen maniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't think I don't think it's very relevant uh, to his current position. I'm not. I'm not afraid that Kavanaugh is going to uh, free all sex offenders because he is one. You know, <laughs> I'm not worried that uh, uh, he's going to. Uh, do it again to somebody, you know, at the courthouse. <laughs> you know? In the justice chambers. Yeah. yeah. Come yeah. here, Paige. Get, get his, get his be- beers and get drunk and, and uh, you know. So, yeah, I, I have no reason to think anything other than it was, it was just kids. I mean, she was a kid too, you know, 15, yeah. 17. It's like they're at a party. Um, stupid things happen at parties. Um, and, uh, so, but I guess, let, I mean, let's just go back to that time. Though. Let's say you're 17, 17 year old kid and the, and the 15 year old and, uh, and things get stupid. And so what, so what's the punishment? I mean, it, so both of their parents find out about it and they sit down in the living room. They say, okay, so what are we going to do about this? Oh, 20 years, 20 years jail for that. And he's like, what? I didn't even rape her. You know, <laughs> like what, so what's the, <laughs> what's the, What's the punishment? <laughs> You'll never be allowed to be a Supreme Court justice, boy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you you have something on your record now, so you you're just your life is screwed forever. Okay. I personally So I mean, that, think is that all it is? Right. Like it wasn't it wasn't on his record, so therefore uh now it's a big deal because because she is triggered because because uh tr- because Trump basically. I think that's what this whole thing is. Like Trump triggered people. And, and she's triggered, so she has to uh, get her revenge for the for the females. 
<laughs> I I personally think that something has to be said for cultural acceptability, right? Like we can look back and say that certain things in the past are wrong and have always been wrong, but at the time were accepted by the culture. And that doesn't that doesn't prevent us from declaring those things to be wrong. But when we look at the people who participated in those things, it's hard to it's hard to hang them or crucify them, you know, after the fact. Right. Does that make sense? Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends what it is. I mean, I I could say I could say sexual assault is is wrong on every and and, you know, all time. But um, so I I don't think that's the situation here. Okay. Um, well, he, he was he was he was probably, uh, you know, aggressive. And I mean, if it's true, if it's true at all, we don't if it's know. True. But but let's, let's right. assume it is. So he was aggressive and uh, she got away and that was that was it. <laughs> you know? Right. So I, I guess my, my general thought is um, as as the progressive take control of the narrative. Right. They start applying terms to things that aren't those things. Right. If you if you look at a girl or you catcall a, a female on the street, right, in, in the in the current narrative, in their eyes, that's tantamount to rape. Right. They go like you're raping her with well, your eyes. Well to yeah, so the to the crazy feminists. Right. And but but again, if they continue to control the narrative, that's the way it goes. Right. And then and and so I look I look back on like my teenage life and even, you know, generations before me. Um, and there were some things back then that were acceptable and would be considered like flirting, right. Or advancing or, you know, something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, that now they would call like assault or sexual assault. Right. Like if you, if you, if you put your hand on a girl's shoulder at a bar, right. You know, yeah. you, right like back, uh, at one I, point I in time that saying. was okay i hear what you're saying um the, I, I think the difference is in, in this in this case anyway she she said that 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 he put his hand on her mouth to prevent her from screaming for help sure. um so it, there's you know totally different uh situation there um right I, again i'm not justifying what he did i'm just saying that there's definitely there's definitely a shift in the culture and the whole Me Too movement in general, where yeah. people are coming out of the out of the woodwork and and claiming assault and claiming you know rape and claiming a whole number of things that the, the main reason they didn't claim that at the time is because they would have been laughed at for the most part by the culture at the time. Now sure. again, I'm not justifying sexual assault. I'm not saying what Kavanaugh did was acceptable at the time. Um, but I'm saying the the overall the overall message and the overall movement gets diluted uh, when it when when people come out of the woodwork with those types of accusations and and sure. minimizes or equalizes them with actual rape and actual sexual assault or actual yeah. assault. So I mean, yeah, it is a little bit oversensitive right now. And, yes, and uh, That's a so good word. that 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 reminds me of a, of a, a video I saw though. Uh, so there was this crazy, crazy leftist that, um, so this is a Ted talk, actually, um, crazy leftist just decided to, uh, 
a feminist too, um, decided to try to um, expose the men's rights activists, the MRA. And uh, so she spent a couple of years interviewing all the men's rights activists and then transcoding all the, all the dialogue. And uh, so she had a lot of time to reflect on it. And she says that her opinion when she was actually physically there talking to them um, uh, was, was, was really crazy. I mean, she, she self-identified as like somebody who would, wasn't even listening, who was putting wor her, her own words into their mouths while she was, you know, listening to what they were saying. And uh, so she was like really hateful towards, to them while she was interviewing them. Um, but she was, you know, trying not to uh, make them stop talking. So she basically just asked the question and let them answer. So she didn't, she didn't come off as uh, somebody attacking them. Cause she was, she was trying to do a hit piece on them. Right. Yeah. So you, so you can't do a very good hit piece if, if everybody exposes you for doing a hit piece uh, before you get it done. So she was, you know, she's doing it professionally, but in her mind, she, she was really hateful to everything that they were saying, even though they were saying valid points. And so by the time she went through and, and actually ingested everything that they were saying by carefully you know, trans, trans, transcribing everything, um, then she realized her her error and she and she corrected it <laughs> right and then right. by by the time she made the documentary then the leftists were attacking her for being apologetic to the men's rights activists <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's that's the funniest thing of all is the you know when the leftists eat, eat each other you know <laughs> which is also happening more often you know yeah like we yeah. can just stand by and watch the shit show on both sides at this point yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm actually really surprised that there are that many. Okay, it's, it's a little bit different of of uh, situations. Like if you had something happen to you, which a lot of people have uh, when they're younger, and uh, and and then to say, okay, well, yeah, me too. That's fine. But how many people actually? care about uh you know miss miss ford's situation you know like there's got to there's got to be a, a lot of females that are and i've seen some of them even on cnn that were like no it doesn't matter like this it wasn't that big of a deal and uh on top of that um oh my gosh i lost track of my thought <laughs> females on cnn disagreeing with her position no, didn't pick it up. Yeah, my brain's shutting down. <laughs> I guess I'm getting bored of this conversation. Okay. We can we can move on. No, but oh, go ahead. But like, how how many how many females like really think this is like important? I mean, it's to me the whole. Like I said from the very beginning, I said this is silly. Yeah, the whole thing is just stupid. There's no proof. There's no nothing. It's like, come on, people, grow up. Obviously, both of them did. Yeah, and that well, they both have careers. Well, they both one of them is rehashing that... shit that you can't remember from thirty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rehashing shit you can't remember. Uh, and I mean, so I, I mean, I hope she at least learned, like you know, don't get drunk at uh, teenage parties. <laughs> you know, like yeah, and and, and maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I don't know. Maybe does she want to talk about that? I mean. Just... <laughs> Well, oh, it's not relative because because, you know, uh, 
you know, all those other guys aren't running for uh, some high office or something, you know, so. <laughs> I, I And again, I, I hearken back to my days. I don't, I, I've never, I had my first real drink at age 29. So I, I can't even relate to like the drunken teenage parties, aside from the fact that I was always the designated driver. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't really witness any of this kind of stuff going on. Um, right. But again, if you're if you're going to a teenage party and getting drunk, like what is what is your expectation, right? That you're just gonna get carried home, you know? <laughs> like what's 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 your motivation and what's your expectation about what's gonna happen, like once you get there, right? A lot uh, alcohol is is a known like social lubricant that relaxes people to to make them more sexual, right? Like that's, that's why people meet up at bars. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also related to uh, a lot of violence. I mean, if, that's true. If, if, if you wanted to do one thing in, in the world to reduce violence, it would probably uh, uh, make alcohol disappear. Um, I mean, it's not possible. Prohibition. Obviously. obviously not possible to prohibit it. Um, it would just create more problems, but I'm just saying like, people abuse it and and people abuse other people more when they're on it so um i think so another solution would be legalize everything else um you know people on marijuana don't typically uh, abuse other people typically (laughs) they're they're happy and they're nice and (laughs) like (laughs) I'm just saying, as a teenager going to a party where you know there's going to be alcohol and you know there's an expectation of drinking, sure. right? There, there should be, there should also be an expectation of consequences, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't consider teenagers or youngsters or young people to be that stupid or that ignorant um, to what goes on at those things, right? Well, like you go, to, you, you go never to know. Parties, I mean, you never. Know. Well, fifteen, maybe, maybe you don't know any better. Okay. Um, and I can, I can totally see that, you know, my, my first time drinking, I think was maybe 16. Um, and, but I mean, I was, I was at home. I wasn't at some party, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but you so, had no, you're saying at 15, you were ignorant as to what goes on at those kinds of parties. Yeah, totally. I, okay. I wouldn't, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I, but I wouldn't have been in that situation either. Like, I probably wouldn't have been at, like, uh, some popular kid's party because I wasn't popular, so. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't um, popular either. That's why, I was, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons it's good to have the designated driver status, man, and they take you along. Yeah. But I'm just, I guess, all right, I, I, I see your point, and fair enough, then. I just, I personally can't imagine a scenario where you, like, you know, your first time at a party and you go like, I can't believe this is going on here. Right. It's, it's depicted so well in pop culture that it's, it's, you know, you've got to be really sheltered to not understand what's going on. And even then, like in your case, what would you, if you're that sheltered, what are you even doing at that party? You know, type of a thing, but all right. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're just, uh, wasting time at this point. So that's what we do. Maybe we should show. move. Maybe we should move on. All right. So the, the one thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit, I don't know if, we, I don't know how much we talked about it on air last week. Um, or whether it was just me and you talking, uh, before, or after the show, but, uh, I went to Canada, uh, last week 
um, after after the show. We went to uh, Niagara Falls for a visit, went to the Canadian side, because everyone says that that side's so much better, and they're probably right. Uh, but I want I wanted to share very briefly my little my border crossing experience um, in dealing with uh, the Canadian side versus the American side, and basically because it's, it was it was odd how easy it was to get in and how much more of a hassle it was to get out. Uh, so, you know, we 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 drove cross country in order to get here. That was, that was the anarchy across America tour, uh, that we were doing for a little bit there. Um, and so we've got, you know, we've, we've got a car with Hawaii plates packed with luggage because, you know, we're, we, we moved, um, and we get to the, we get to the Canadian crossing to, to go to, um, uh, to go to Niagara Falls. And it was basically like two questions, right? It was like, where are you going? And how long are you staying? Right? Like, oh, what brings you to Canada? Like, oh, we're going to go see Niagara Falls. And how long are you going to be there? Just spending a night. And the Canadians were like, all right, come right in. <laughs> like, like, that was it. Like, you know, no, no questions, no dog sniffing, you know, security checks. Just, you know, just whoop, have a nice time in Canada. Um, and then, you know, so we went to Niagara Falls, and I, I don't have much to, to say about that other than it was nice. It was it was beautiful. Uh, we walked around quite a bit, took a boat tour, had a lot of fun while we were there. Um, had a great view of the falls from our hotel room. Um, and then on the way back, right, to, to as, as uh, American citizens to, <laughs> to get back into the country, uh, it was it was like, you know, it felt like uh, at the time, even though it wasn't like so many questions, um, it was like, you know, 20 questions coming from the American side. You know, it's like, Okay, you just, you guys just trying to get back in? Like, yeah. It's like, where are you coming from? I, we just, you know, went to Niagara Falls for a day. Uh, so you got a lot of stuff, you know. Like, well, yeah, we drove cross country. You're like, oh, where are you headed? Well, we're moving. Where are you moving to? You know, like, you know, where'd you come from? Like, like he literally, the 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 American agent, like, wanted us to list off all the states that we had been through. <laughs> like, seriously, he's like, oh yeah. So what's what states did you come through? I'm like, well. You got to give me a minute, man. We drove from California, so it's like 14 of them. So let me pull out the map for a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, you guys like zigzag? And I'm like, no, kind of took a straight shot, you know, through the places we wanted to hit. And so I had to, like, I had to read them off the list. I'm like, all right, so we started in California. Then we went to Nevada. Then we, like, drove a little bit through Arizona and part of Utah and got to Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm reading this. And then he's like, roll down the window. Like, all right. Like, all right, roll down the back window. I don't know what he was looking for in the back window, you know. <laughs> like, it was it was just luggage and, like, you know, a snack bag that we had. Um, but it was just, like, you you know, um, in, in the pre-show here, you, you said it was, like, security theater. And I was like, you know, j- just to get back in. Like, how, mu- how much contraband could we have actually gotten from Canada, you know, in, like, in like one day? Like, what are, what are we smuggling out of Canada? We didn't even buy any maple syrup, which I, you know, thought we were going to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we had we had luggage we had luggage going in we had like basically the same luggage going out and a little you know a couple of souvenirs here and there and some postcards but just you know the like the the fifth degree i guess is what I, the, the word i'm looking for not 20 question but like the fifth degree uh to get back into what is supposedly our home country um you know at, at a border crossing guy right like you know dude we were, we were just there for a day you know we we're just there for a day and we're back now right like you know just be cool like the Canadian guy. Just 
welcome <laughs> back, sir. You know, would have would have been perfectly fine. But no, it was, you know, like read off the states on the map and, you know, roll down the window. Let me see what's in your bag. You know, we uh, we didn't get a bag search, but I, I'm sure he peeked in my snack bag and saw my trail mix. And was like, oh, is this Canadian trail mix? Like, do you have to declare that? Like, you know, sniffing for something that wasn't there. Whereas the Canadians, who should be more concerned, because, you know, we're foreigners uh, to them, we're like, oh, no, welcome to Canada. Like, have a great time. So I just, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to share that because, you know, uh, like when, when we travel, I go through TSA and it's, it's there's usually a couple things that uh, don't go completely sideways, uh, but kind of <laughs> go sideways. Like the weird thing, I, I don't think I shared this, but when we were in... Um, when we were in California, we went to like Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm. Um, and at the time I was wearing my knee brace. And again, I'm not going to talk about, I don't want to get into like private security versus public security or whatever. Um, but we go to Knott's Berry Farm and I got the knee brace on and I set off the metal detector and they wand me and they go, okay, that's fine. Um, and I get to Disneyland and I set off the metal detector and they're like, let me see the top of the brace. Right. So I got to like hike my pants up past the knee braces, show them the top and then yank it down because it was you know, tight to begin with. But it's just weird stuff like that. Right. Like, OK, you know, obvi- obviously there's something going on here that is like, you know, why why does Disneyland need to see the top of my knee brace and my you know skinny ass thighs when Knott's Berry Farm was perfectly OK with the wand? Right. Like even when I go through court sometimes, like when I had the brace on, it's like I got the brace. And they don't even think twice. They go, boop, 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 you know, and, you know, it's good. So in my mind, I'm going like, man, you know, at least Disney checked, right? Like if you, if you want to go security, at least they checked, you know, whereas if I wear, you know, the knee brace and pants and carry my cane or whatever, especially through a metal detector, I could smuggle like anything metal in with the knee brace, right? Because they want it. They go, got the brace on, but who knows, you know, like I, if, if it wasn't such a risk, Right. I would totally try to smuggle shit in through the knee brace. Just anything metal, you know, any sort of metal weaponry of any kind, uh, you know, could easily get through. And the weirdest thing that always boggles my mind. Right. Like, I don't I don't know what's considered weaponry or what's not considered weaponry. Um, but like my my keys stay on like a two foot chain. Um, and at one point I wore uh, a dog collar that was on like, you know, a 17 inch chain. Um and I always thought it's weird. Like they look at that as like jewelry or just part of my keys or whatever. And I've always like been able to get through with it. But at the same time, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a weak piece of metal, right? It's not like it's going to step. Um, I could easily use that as, as protection, which is one of the reasons why I do it. Cause they never stop it. Um, but you're like, how, how is that allowed to get through at all? You know, you know what I mean? Like it's if you want if 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 you want to take in weapons, there's there's easy ways to conceal it if it's just part of you know your other stuff, like a knee mm. brace, just like a you know a boot knife in the knee brace would totally get past because they're not they they swan the knee brace and the knife is concealed, and the and both sides of security you know going into and out of Canada didn't check for anything like that. It was just all good. MC. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Next. <laughs> all right. Headlines. Should we do Headlines. It? Headlines. A data shows a clear correlation between economic freedom and prosperity. Headline. After millions of dollars spent and hundreds of new lane miles built, bike ridership is down across America. Uh, headline. How capitalism became a dirty word. Uh, headline. Murderers and rapes increasingly going unsolved as cannabis arrests surge. 
despite legalization. Uh, headline, the community in Hawaii stepped in beautifully when the government failed to help people displaced by a volcano. Uh, headline, Congress may require more legroom on planes, rules on service animals, and involuntarily bumping. And finally, headline, some are more equal than others in socialist Venezuela. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? I like Venezuela. It's my favorite place. Okay. R- why don't you move there? All right, some. I think I might. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> help, help rebuild it on, on the back of Bitcoin. Some are more equal than others in socialist Venezuela. It's amazing how similarly real socialism turns out every time it's tried. Uh, in George Orwell's Animal Farm, essentially the story of the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia as told through farm animals, there is an incredible moment where the animals who suffer under the system of communism they've created come to the horrible realization that everything has gone wrong. At a lavish dinner party with the humans, the animals, animals' leaders, the pigs, who promise them a life of plenty and perfect equality, morph into the tyrants the animals thought they had overthrown. The creatures outside looked from pig to man and from man to pig and from pig to man again. But already, already it was impossible to say which was which, Orwell wrote. It's a perfect tale about absolute power and corruption, the end stage of communism. All animals were equal, but some animals were more equal than others. Socialism's rampant hypocrisy. And so it is in Venezuela, where a socialist regime once praised by the New York Times as both success, successful and sustainable is teetering on the brink of collapse while its leaders are dining at fine restaurants. A video recently surfaced of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro, once democratically elected but now clinging to power through brute force and fraud elections, eating at one of the most expensive restaurants in the world. In the video, celebrity chef Nurset Goski, uh, who goes by the name Salt Bay, and I want to correct that real quick. Jumping in, the, I don't think he goes by the name Salt Bay. It was it was like a meme, and it was applied to him. Um, but I've never seen anything where he's like you know said, "Call me Salt Bay." It was just kind of like I, I think he capitalized on it, and he I'm sure sell, he did. He sells T-shirts with that on it. So with Salt Bay now, I believe so. Okay, because it's not in the name of the restaurant or anything like that, and it wasn't not the like, res- not the official yeah. restaurant. But I think I think he's taken the name to profit off of it. So okay, all right, moving back. I to think I don't I don't know, but yeah. okay, I'm I I'm sh- I'm sure he has, but we can discuss this afterwards. I'm sure he has, but it's weird when he says like goes by the name as if it was like his creation to begin with, and I just it wasn't. Uh, carves meat for Maduro and his wife in a stylized way. That they dine at Salt Bay's world-renowned Turkish steakhouse, Nurset. There was immediate blowback in social media. As many point out, what makes this so galling is that in Maduro's country, once one of the most prosperous in South America, the average Venezuelan starves in abject state-created poverty. A poll released Monday found 84.3% of Venezuelans want international assistance to solve their food shortage. The Miami Herald highlighted some other shocking numbers that have led to the Venezuelan people to desperation. Uh, asked about their weekly eating habits, 30.5% of Venezuelans said they often ate only once a day, and 285 reported that they ate nothing or close to nothing at least one day a week. In all, 78.6% reported trouble keeping themselves fed, the newspaper reported. 
Although Venezuela sits on the largest oil reserves in the world, its economy is an almost unparalleled catastrophe. Although Venezuela sits on oil reserves, the largest oil reserves in the world, it's a con wow, they put that twice. A recent study found inflation is likely to hit 1 million percent by the end of the year as basic food items and supplies become increasingly impossible for average citizens to buy because of price or scarcity. Uh, government solutions to government created problems. For every crisis, the Maduro regime turns to another state directed action that got the country into this plight. Uh, to counteract the out-of-control inflation it caused, the Maduro regime raised minimum wages by 3,000%. The result? Workers have been fired en masse, and businesses around the country have been forced to close. According to Miami Herald, 40% of Venezuelan stores have stopped doing business, perhaps permanently. The devastation in Venezuela serves as only the most recent warning about the result of socialism and communism. Though the ideology promises equality, fairness, and, and an end to hardship, in the end, socialism leads to tyranny, exploitation, and uninhibited corruption. It rots the soul of the nation, and it should be a warning to us as well. Americans, especially millennials, increasingly say they embrace living under socialism over capitalism, while American politicians such as Senator Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez promise us the moon if we only tax the rich and embrace democratic socialism, this is what it truly means in practice. Perhaps, fortunately, when most people in America say they want socialism, they are really just saying they want more aggressive version of progressivism. As David Azarod, uh, the Heritage Foundation director of the B. Kenneth Simon Center for Principles and Politics, explained in an interview with Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Of course, those Americans may reconsider when they realize the price tag, which can't be merely paid by taxing the wealthy, will come down hard on them. Americans have been blessed to live in a country with generally free economy and a strong rule of law, thanks to a culture that values those qualities and a constitution that limits the scope of government. There is no utopia, no panacea of perfect human equality, just the corruption and deprivation that results from giving government unchecked powers, a result of ignoring James Madison's warning in Federalist 51. If men were angels, we wouldn't need government, Madison wrote, but because man has fallen uh, more than a beast but far from an angel, we must first enable the government to control the governed. Then, just as importantly, he wrote, we must oblige it to control itself. Life in Venezuela, where the people starve and predatory leaders who can't or won't control themselves stuff their faces, is what it's like under real socialism. Perhaps we should finally heed the warning and banish forever the whimsical notion of socialism's potential. Uh, end of the article. Your thoughts, MC, not necessarily on socialism, because we cover that quite a bit. Um, but you said Venezuela is your favorite place. So what, what do you like about it? Well, actually, I, I wanted to say something about equality. Um, and because I live in the U.S., um, and probably most of my audience is here, um, we don't know what it's like to, to be on equal footing with, with other countries because the U.S. has the, the world reserve currency. And when that ends, then we're, we'll have a, a chance to find, uh, you know, the what, what are... Uh, standard of living uh, is actually going to be, uh, you know, when all things are equal. Um, I don't know if Bitcoin or gold is going to be next for world reserve currency, but um, I think it's, it's getting close to the end because, well, we already have a lot of socialism in the U.S. You got, you know, the medical system, the uh, education system, uh, 
social security fire. system, uh, the military industrial complex, we could, we could do away with to pay for more socialism. If, if, you know, if we wanted to be more like Canada or, uh, you know, any other country without a huge military industrial complex. Um, so, but we don't know what's, we don't know if that's going to happen, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's in the next 20 years, what I'm, you know, waiting to see, uh, what pans out, you know, because, uh, let's see Russia, China, and and Europe are are talking about dumping the dollar for uh, international trades. So um, yeah, I think it's coming. We're gonna find out just how much socialism the U.S. can handle uh, while also not being the uh, world reserve currency. My two and cents. It and it won't be much. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 really. It's really crazy uh, how much the U.S. can print and and uh, or, or you know go into debt and and still be afloat. Um, so I'm I'm actually hoping that they print their way out of this because that would help my position and anybody who's in uh, alternate currencies. Um, we'll be it would be a lot rich. It would be a lot better than trying to tax their way out of it. Um, you know, a lot of people think taxes are too high already, and I'm I'm one of those people. Um, so, yeah, I got an argument recently on Facebook about taxes, and, and they're talking about, oh, you know, the the tax rate is like only like twenty five or thirty percent right now, and I said I said bullshit. Like when you when you add everything together with all the fees and gas tax and food tax and sales tax and and everything else like if you're a single white dude it's like it's closer to 50 percent <laughs> like it's a lot it's not it's no joke um and uh so a lot of people just haven't done the math to figure out what what the total tax situation is um they only look at like the federal income tax yeah. or or the uh what do you call it the capital gains tax and stuff like that um but yeah it's 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 a lot and and uh it's definitely not worth it like we're not getting good services for for the amount that is paid and and on top of that it's not even enough like even even like all the taxes collected aren't even enough to pay for everything yeah that's one thing that the taxes are one thing i did i did notice um like there our first week here uh in new hampshire now was there's no there's no sales tax on like you know goods yeah, there's um, property tax though there is high property but there's also like a, a, a unreasonably high um, tax on prepared foods so if you go to the mm. grocery store and you buy food right there's like zero sales tax wow. um, but if you go to the restaurant then it's nine percent wow right? that's crazy right. it's crazy um, but it's also so avoidable every- Right. So everybody just, cooks at home. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. You know. I mean, the the restaurants that we've gone to so far, uh, because we don't have all our stuff here to like to to really cook for ourselves. Um, so we we've we've gotten some things you know where we can just you know heat up and microwave really quickly here. Uh, but we you know we've also like been in, enjoying the town and going out and and sightseeing a little bit. Um, so we we eat out and you know the the prices aren't unreasonable they're they're comparable to what you'd expect from similar restaurants back home um but the 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 nine percent tax on on that is is 
ridiculous, but at the same time avoidable, right? Like I don't, I don't have to go to a restaurant, uh, to eat. I can, I can go get my own food. I can go buy whatever from the supermarket and avoid that tax. Right. So it's, it's, and, and then, and there's no um, income tax on the state level as well. Like I'm pretty sure of that. So when I, when I do get a job, like that'll be more of a savings there too. So taxes to me, the taxes that are avoidable, um, can be avoided. And, you know, like I know, I understand the property tax thing, you know, it's built into my rent. Um, but whatever, um, you know, as far as everyday purchases are concerned, you know, for, for me, I don't want to eat out. Like I just go like, but that's, that's, you know, taxes are too damn high, um, you know, to, to go to a restaurant. And if we eat out as much as, you know, we would back home, I guess it would kind of balance out, you know, with, with the home cooked foods. Cause you know, Hawaii's 4%, 4 point, whatever percent, like for everything, wherever you go. Um, but I can avoid it. I just, I go get some, you know, I, I go get some cheeseburgers or whatever from, you know, from the, the frozen section instead of from the fast food joint. Same with, you know, same with other foods and microwavable foods or whatever for now, right. Until, until all our stuff gets here and we can do some actual cooking, um, and getting ingredients, but it's, it's that type of thing, right? Like it, it's almost like a syntax for eating out, you know, like alcohol, cigarettes, and food. It's like, you know, screw you. If you, you know, if you don't do it yourself kind of thing. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention when taking it back to the, the socialism aspect of it, it's, it's weird, uh, for me because I have a, a friend on Facebook, um, who I get along with, uh, in, in most, on most issues, right. And because he considers himself a libertarian. Um, and when I met him, he was like a Ron Paul libertarian, like just get back to the constitution and everything will work itself out. Um, but uh, on, on certain issues, you know, especially, you know, I, the, the last discussion I got into with him was on healthcare, and he, like his, the, the, the crux of his position that I got from what he was saying was there's like, there's a balance and a harmony, um, to, to socialism, right? Like just, just the right amount of socialism and, and we'll be okay. Right. Like the, it was a post about somebody who couldn't afford, who turned 26, so they were off their parents' insurance. I don't know if you saw this post. Um, they got off their parents' insurance and therefore like couldn't afford their insulin uh, medication anymore. And then they died. Right? <laughs> how how sad in this capitalistic world where you know someone dies simply because they couldn't afford you know medicine. Um, and he goes like, well, you know, we have it bad here. Uh, and, you know, I go like, well, obviously it's bad here, but you got to figure out like why it's bad. It's, you know, and I go like, read your history. It's bad because the government screwed it up. It's a state problem. Right. And goes, well, some states do it better. Right. Look at, look at the Scandinavian countries, um, who pay a lot in taxes, but everyone is covered. And the Canadian country, right. Where they pay a lot in taxes, but they, no one dies, you know, because of, because of lack of health care. I go, well, then you got to, then you got to go back to the freedom issue, right? If you're a libertarian, there has to be a freedom aspect to that where, you know, there, where's, where's the positive obligation created where we're all responsible for each other's health, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to live in that world. Like, it's nice. It's nice to think about everyone in harmony with each other, but I don't, there's, you know, where's that obligation derived? He goes, well, I'm just saying that, you know, just like the, the balance, right? Like not not tax everyone out of existence, not pure socialism, but just enough. So people don't die. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of where it's like, well, you know, go back, to, go back to point one then, man. Like you really want the government running it. 
like we have our government, they have theirs. Even if you want uh, a socialist uh, a socialist economy in the healthcare, right? It's not like we're going to go and like have Scandinavia come replace our government to run it, right? We still have uh, the United States government responsible for it. If you go in that direction, and they've already proven incapable of running it. So why we're not going to, you know, we, like I said, we're not going to get Scandinavia to do it for us. So why put them back in charge? Like, you know, let the free market sort it out, man. Just, you know, free, you know, like, like, uh, I don't know if we're going to get to the headline, uh, but a clear correlation between economic freedom and prosperity. You know, if, if, if you want to be more prosperous where people can afford healthcare and everyone's, you know, all well and good, well then, you know, let, let freedom ring, you know, like, you know, let, let the markets take care of it. Let freedom take care of it. Um, let communities help each other out. You know, I'm, I'm all for mutual aid societies that are voluntarily entered into for stuff like that. And you don't have to have the state do it, especially a state that's already proven incapable uh, of doing it properly, quote unquote, if, if socialist health care is your goal. MC? Yeah. Um, as, as far as the insulin, uh, that that person required when he was 26 or whatever. Um, I, I think I responded to that and, and, uh, it, it was basically like for, if, if you're a good, uh, capitalist, then you'll, then you'll buy it from Canada because it's much cheaper in Canada. Yeah. And, um, but I don't know if, you know, that that's, I, I, I agree with you, but it's all well and good to say it's all, it's also difficult f- to access if you don't know what you're doing. Right, like if, if you don't know how to get Canadian drugs easily, um, sure. Then to but, put, the, put the onus on him is a little difficult. Yeah, but I mean the the other part of the problem would would be well, why why is it cheaper in Canada? And uh, basically, because there's not a market uh, in the U.S. and and there's laws that prevent uh, the corporations from negotiating on on prices, and uh, so so yeah, it's a it's a government created problem and that's that's what socialism is um basically so labor. government controlled <laughs> uh commerce i mean it's just it's terrible <laughs> or <laughs> like india the, the last right. thing drugs are cheap in india too i've had a, a number of different friends like ask you know <laughs> require my assistance in procuring uh treat drugs you know from some online indian pharmacy that they can pay cash for and not have to worry about, you know, uh, you know, American prices or American prescriptions. Like, here's what I need, bro. Go find it for me, you know, or, or here, here's what I need. And can you, can you find a place that'll sell it to me type of a thing? And, you know, sometimes successful, sometimes not. Um, but yeah, they all, they, you know, the people always bring up like, how come drugs are cheaper, you know, in, in India or Africa and I go, well, cause they can't afford to pay the prices that we can. Um, and we can't afford to pay the prices we do, but our prices are based off, you know, what, what the companies think they can charge insurance, not what they think the average person can pay. Whereas, you know, in those other countries where there's no, um, you know, there's, there's no like insurance barrier, I guess, for lack of a better term in the way they have to deal directly with consumers. Um, and they rather, you know, if, if the, if the goal is make money or not make money, um, and they can only make a couple bucks, you know, per, per sale for a drug, because that's all those, those people quote unquote can afford. Well, then that's all they can charge, right? The, the market is different there than it is here, just based off income and affordability alone. Um, 
and, they, and you know, so, but if we were allowed, if American consumers were allowed to freely get those drugs, you know, from Africa or from India or South Asia or Canada or wherever they happen to be cheaper, um, well, then you can better believe that the, the American market would shift as well. Um, it would have to, to, to keep the consumers here. It, they would have to make it affordable here. Um, but because there's prohibitions on acquiring it, you know, out of state and out of country like that, then there's, there's, there's no incentive to lower the prices here to make it more affordable for the consumer rather than the insurance company. And as far as I know, there's actually ways to uh, not require the insulin. I mean, it takes a couple of weeks um, of diet change um and it's not easy you probably need to get help doing that but uh, uh there's people that, that help people do that and um yeah especially if your goal is to not die yeah but change is hard so insulin yeah i think the the you saw the story but he basically like tried to ration ration his last remaining insulin hoping that it would like last a lifetime <laughs> Yeah, or maybe he was just trying to take half as much and or a third and whatever, and yeah. it didn't work out for him. Yeah, and you know, I'm 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 sympathetic, but not completely sympathetic. And I go, well, you know, again, if the goal is to not die, figure it out, man. Like you know, be resourceful. That's you know, that, that's what you have to do. Yeah, I read I, another. I, I read another headline. I don't have it to show prep, and I don't want to get into it because we're running at the the end of the hour here. Um, but it's basically like new new drug um, derived from marijuana um, is going to have like an annual price tag to consumers of like thirty two thousand dollars. And well, that's stupid. Just buy weed, right? <laughs> like, like who's who's going to pay you know thirty two thousand dollars a year um, for a, a a marijuana derivative when actual marijuana is probably much more easily accessible and much more affordable in similar quantities and you don't have to go through the pharmaceutical companies to get it. Right. You yeah. know, like you, who's going to do that? Do it yourself. Seriously. That's, I, wonder, that's what I'm saying. I wonder how hard it is to do insulin by yourself. How, how would you make insulin? I don't know. I have no idea. It wouldn't, e- wouldn't even know where to start. Um, but I'm sure you could figure it out. That's why I, you know, I, on, in some, in some respects, um, I regret not taking chemistry in high school (laughs) (laughs) because having that background opens up so many possibilities on the black market. You know, I give, you know, like, um, the, the, I've never seen it, but the TV show, the TV show breaking bad is always so influential to me. Like, well, if you could just do it yourself, right. If you, if you knew how to get it and you could acquire the ingredients to do it yourself, like, why would you ever, um, why would you ever rely on the state for something as important as your life? Baffling. So traditionally, insulin was made with pigs, cows, yeast, or bacteria. But in 2010, there's an article that says they found out how to make insulin from flowers. Uh, so genetically modified flowers uh, to produce cheap insulin. And then they patented it so no one else can access it. Well, you just got to find the flowers and keep growing them. It was funny. I think I shared this on the show a long time ago, probably one of the first few episodes that we did. Um, but uh, a while ago, a, a few friends of mine decided they wanted to try LSD. Um, and LSD is hard to come by in Hawaii, like real LSD. So they found a recipe to make LSA uh, because one of the ingredients for real LSD is like unavailable. Like it's one of those like, you know, schedule 
schedule one have to be a lab you know doctor in a lab doing research to get the ingredient and just can't find it on the black market uh, but LSA which is you know what what most people consider to be LSD has a derivative of some of some seed that grows naturally on the big island um, and and so went the experiment to, to make LSA um, and it was a failure <laughs> like mm-hmm. they, they did it without me but they they failed utterly and completely uh, I just remember after the fact like they they tried it um, it was, you know, not even a trip, just a bad, bad stomach ache and, you know, knocked them out on their ass kind of a thing. And my buddy calls me up and he says, we tried it out. And I go, well, how'd it go? And the response was, we cannot sell this to high school kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that sucks. Cause I was like, that was the whole purpose, man. If we, if you could make it yourself and get and distribute it, you know, like that was, that was the money making endeavor. Uh, but yeah, it was like, you know, we, we failed and we're being responsible with the failure and we're not going to, we're not going to put this in the hands of the youth kind of thing. Excellent. Right. Well, I think we're running out of time. We are. Any final thoughts? No. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, if you want to get the rest of the show prep and the articles that we posted, uh, do it on the groups page, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, find us on Twitter, because why the hell not? Uh, Twitter.com slash the anarchist EXP. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, uh, come on already. What are you waiting for? Drop us some money, because why the hell not? Uh, Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.